Part two, the be the five method. So we're going to now get into the actual main part of the book. This is the methodology that I hawk around everywhere talking about. Uh, I use it in multiple ways and everything else, but I think if you can follow some of the steps of it, you'll, you'll gain some benefit from looking at it and using it in how you do it. And before I start, I just want to reiterate again that when you're writing a book, one of the bits of advice that you're given is to focus on one person. So you're writing the book for one person, whether that's kind of someone you know or whether it's a, a persona that you make up of who you're writing it for. And within this book, that's written kind of with a chief executive, senior manager, senior director in mind. I won't tell you exactly who who this book was written for to help them, but it can be used in multiple ways. But as you go through the step, you obviously have to think about what the book is saying is this is what you should be doing as a chief exec or a senior director. And if you're not in that role, you still have to go through the same five steps. You just have to tailor them slightly for what you do. So as much as I use them with senior managers and take directors through the process, I've also used it with staff where we've looked at new software. We've gone through the same five steps to decide what we're, what software we're going to use. I've used it for writing strategies. I've even used it for writing tenders. It's got many, many uses, but just obviously as we go through this section, temper everything with it's written for chief execs and senior directors. I just need to rethink exactly what he's saying and, and how that works for my role. And with that, we'll crack on to the introduction. Now that we have discussed the importance of digital to your business and the common problems in implementing it, it is time to look at how you break the cycle of digital failure and set your business up to succeed. The Be The Five methodology is a simple and easy to follow process that takes you through the vital steps that you must take in order to gain maximum benefit from your investment in digital. It is a collaborative approach to understanding your business needs. I want you to be in the 5% of projects that add value by following the five steps of the method. To achieve success in digital efficiency, there are five key steps to follow. I've developed these over the last decade of working in digital. Some may seem obvious, but you'd be amazed how often they are missed, and often that is the reason digital projects fail. Just as important as the five steps are the order in which they are undertaken. It is no coincidence that the first four of the five steps are before you procure or roll out any new software. There are some basics that you need to get in place and understand before you proceed. The idea behind this methodology was born through my own work in not just leading IT, but also in understanding the difficulties of implementing and going live with software. The public sector is littered with digital failure, but it is no worse than the private sector, just ask Hertz. It just gets more press. I speak to all industries and companies. I work closely with a lot of suppliers and see the same issues over and over again. I speak at conferences to all industries and enjoy comparing issues across sectors. These are not unique to one industry, they are commonplace. I have been customer and supplier. I have hit every block and snag there is. More often than not, it comes down to a lack of understanding and a lack of communication. Too many businesses dive straight into buying new tools without having undertaken the necessary pre-work to understand the why or to communicate the why. They leave colleagues behind and digital sits as a separate work stream, often one that is seen as a nuisance or a hindrance rather than for the positives it can bring. Those who are anti-technology have often had a bad experience or just have not got their head around why projects are being undertaken. We are here to solve that. 
The methodology works at all levels. Although aimed at leaders who need to have overall ownership of the work, the methodology filters down to all levels. As stated, digital is everyone's job. Taking yourself through the steps of Be The Five is a great start. Getting everyone to go through the steps is an even better start. You can easily adapt any of the steps to anyone at any level within your business. Digital plays and will play such a fundamental part in the businesses of the future that it is imperative that everyone starts understanding it. Take the whole business on the journey with you. The old saying of do not run before you can walk stands true here. Digital teams are often guilty of embarking on projects on their own, leaving the business and the employees behind and chasing the next shiny toy. If you do not understand digital, or in fact what your IT or digital team are working on, and you have approved a strategy that you do not understand, then you're setting yourself up for failure. It may be time to rein your team in and take a step back and ensure that the whole business is on the same journey. There really is no replacement for spending the time up front, ensuring that you are in the right place to deliver. Too often businesses want immediate results, but they do not actually know what these are. So slow it down, plan everything out properly, follow the process and you will succeed. Although each step is as crucial as the next, step three is really what is going to help your business become the efficiency engine that it needs to be. This step is all about your digital strategy. Getting this right will make life much easier for you in the long run. I will explain why this step is the most crucial when you get to it. However, you cannot get it right without steps one and two first, so no jumping ahead. Trust the order and follow it. Then you will see the results. What then are the five steps that you must follow to ensure success? Discuss. In Discuss, we will look at why all good programs start with a conversation. Knowing who to talk to, when to talk and about what are the key aspects to understand in your current environment, staff and customer frustrations and the benefits that digital could bring to your business. Listening to understand, demystifying business strategies and confusing terminology and acronyms will set you up for a joined up approach to delivering success led from the top. Discover. In Discover, we will look at your current offerings, what competitors offer and what non-competitors offer. You will learn about taking best practice from a range of industries and applying them to yours. You will look at suppliers and different models, including software ecosystems and cloud-based offerings. You will also discover the benefits of data that you already hold and how you could use it better. Discover why planning your systems around the data they hold is going to be key to achieving your desired result. Decide. In Decide, we'll start to bring together the knowledge from Discuss and Discover into an overall strategy that can deliver both quick wins and long-term ambitions. You will have a blueprint for systems and processes that you need to manage, that can be improved, and those that can be reimagined. You will have the knowledge to understand the business cases behind the strategy and how digital tools will deliver your wider business strategies and corporate goals. You will also have an idea of how to choose the software you're going to buy. Design. In design, we will learn how to put together the program plan to ensure that you are delivering the right projects at the right time and ensuring that you are maximizing your investment in digital. You will understand where you will get the maximum return across quick wins and projects that deliver company-wide against those that deliver to individual services. You will be in a position to see where you need additional skills or to outsource projects over those that you can deliver in-house. Deliver. In Deliver, you will learn that successful delivery depends on repeating the five steps on a smaller, more frequent scale. You will learn how to ensure you receive the right level of information about your projects. 
You will learn how to deliver your outcomes and desired outcomes. You will learn how to measure success and about uptake and adoption of new systems, processes and how to handle culture change. We will now go through each of these steps in more detail. In the next chapters we'll dive a lot deeper into the five D's to help you get the absolute most out of this book. Chapter 5. Discuss. What is discuss? Who here makes time for conversations? When was the last time you sat down with a colleague and had a general conversation with them rather than a meeting? When you do have conversations, do you listen to understand or do you listen to reply or debate? In today's busy world, business leaders do not put enough time aside to have conversations. This is the key starting point for any digital programme. All too often the conversation stage is bypassed. These often take the form of meetings with multiple guests or presentations where you believe that a conversation has taken place. Here though I'm talking about a real one-to-one -one conversation where you're taking the time to speak and more importantly listen to other people's views. Even if you disagree with them, allow yourself to go on a journey to see the other person's point of view and learn from them. Why discuss? These conversations are important because they will set the tone for the rest of the digital programme. By which I mean that by having meaningful conversations with the right people, then any strategy or plan that you come up with is based on actual evidence and feedback. This can then be agreed and approved with those approving fully understanding the implications of what they have agreed. When it comes to implementing digital, without these open conversations you'll hit stumbling blocks as reality dawns or departments that were not part of the conversations refuse to comply. You also have a greater understanding of your business and more importantly of the issues staff face. You will understand the skills within your teams and how that may affect the rollout of projects. Look at Undercover Boss. Although staged, they do learn a lot about their company. You should not need to be undercover to do this though. Create a communication culture within your business. And before I jump into the case study on this section, there's one of the things that, that just doesn't really happen within IT and the business is just sitting and having proper conversations and actually understanding the frustrations that, that happen. And I mentioned on a previous podcast in one of the chapters, I talk about uh, an airline where the systems internally are, are quite poor and clunky and difficult to use. And you can tell that at no point did anyone have a conversation with the people who are actually the end users to say, what do you need? Where do you need it? How easy do you need to access it? And everything else, they just kind of went away and said, we need to build a system that has all of this information in it and accessible. Didn't really think about how that needs to look or where it should sit or what the flow from one to the next should be. And you can't really beat having those conversations. And many, many years ago, I worked for a company that sold catering equipment. And at one point they decided they were going to change the way they strapped all the equipment into the back of the lorries. But the directors and the senior managers made this decision and they made it based on what their view of how it should be is. And at no point did anyone ask any of the lorry drivers what they thought it should be. Bear in mind, these are the guys who were doing it 24-7 on the road, moving kit, strapping it in. They got ignored. They obviously they got the new instruction through. They looked at it and basically went, that's not going to work. And loaded a big fridge on the back of their van, strapped it as they were told to, left the back door open on purpose, pulled away. And obviously the fridge just fell out and, and hit the ground. And again, it was because there just wasn't the, the conversation that happened. And it happens time and time again, not just in digital, but all through businesses, where for me, when we get to the strategy, if the strategy hasn't come from 
your end users, your customers or whoever, then what sort of a strategy is it? And this is why when you're looking at a lot of the public sector strategies that I talk about, and obviously I, I put the, shed them in a bad light, is because they're just buzzword phrases saying we might do this, we might do some cloud, we might do some AI, we might do other bits. At no point does it appear there's been a conversation that says, okay, what, what are you guys struggling with? What information don't you have? What systems are clunky? What's manual? What can't you do? And we'll come together with a plan and a strategy that delivers against that. And that's really the problem. And it's such a simple thing that conversations, if people actually have them and have proper conversations, and that doesn't mean you need a meeting agenda, you don't have to take minutes, it doesn't have to be noted. You just need to chat through what are your problems? What are you trying to achieve? Where can we help? You'll be in a much better place for it. Discuss case study. During a previous role that I had in local government, the IT department sat within the resources department and resources decided to outsource the service. The winning supplier had based their bid on a reduced service cost by moving the council onto a thin client platform. This essentially moved the council away from laptops and PCs onto a system based on shared servers. The technical details are not that are not important, but what it did do was transform the way that IT was delivered to reduce the cost of the IT service. However, although the winning tender was agreed and signed off, not a single signatory understood the implications of a thin client platform and what it meant for their departments. Indeed, because the bidder had not had the right conversations, they had not worked out the cost properly of transitioning the council onto this new platform. Invariably, a six-month project costing about a million pounds soon turned into a three-year project costing many times more. Although the new contract had been agreed at the top level, it was still down to my team to go and convince each department individually of the benefits to them before we could gain any cooperation from them. This ultimately added months of delays and increased cost to the project. Most of this could have been avoided if the right conversations had happened at the right time. Thin clients were being deployed to reduce IT costs, not necessarily to benefit the departments, which was the wrong starting point. The same is true of the digital strategy I wrote for the council a few years later. The council had an ambitious customer experience programme and I had to deliver a strategy to enable the outcomes to be delivered. It was clear that legacy technology was going to inhibit the amount of change that services could make. The strategy was therefore relatively straightforward in that we needed to replace the legacy systems and join up services using a platform and ecosystem of, of applications. All straightforward, but at the time is also quite revolutionary in the sector. However, it was a five-year strategy for a reason. That mainly being it would take five years to fully implement and embed it. There would obviously be wins and efficiencies throughout the years, but the totality of the strategy was large and would take time. After many senior meetings on the programme, including a non-technical manager attending a US conference with me to report back that the software was fit for purpose, the strategy was approved by the corporate management team and then closely followed by cabinet approval. This is when the alarm bell started ringing. At that time, I was pretty pleased with how easily the strategy was being approved. I had expected some kickback on some of the elements of the strategy, but none were forthcoming. Not that they were controversial, but they were very different to the norm and quite left field in a rather static and legacy-based industry. It soon became very clear that most of the approvers did not fully understand the strategy and the implications of it, despite numerous conversations. Some of the approvers, dare I say it, clearly had not read it. None of the approvers had had any meaningful conversations with any of their reports about what was being approved. On the first day of implementing the strategy, the business analysts were taken off the project and reassigned by a senior project sponsor. 
From that point on, it went downhill quickly, as they were crucial to its success. Without going too deep into any failures, the issue here was quite simple. The conversations were generally one way. It was me explaining the strategy to colleagues who seemed to listen intently, but they did not understand it and did not say that they did not understand it. Whether this was through not wanting to look bad, not wanting to understand or a lack of interest, it ultimately led to failure. The conversations you have must be honest and open. The managers are expected to feed this information down to their teams, but how could they do that if they had not understood it in the first place? The role digital is going to play in businesses in the future is too important to keep quiet if you do not understand some of the basics. If you are not able to have a proper conversation with your IT team, your staff and your customers, then you will not implement digital tools properly and efficiently. You cannot afford to ignore it or brush it off as someone else's job. And again, the point of that second example with the strategy isn't necessarily to pick out people, but it's more around the fact that no one actually put the hand up and said, I don't get it, or I kind of understand, but what does it mean for me? Or we need to have a few more conversations about this. It was largely a head nodding process of almost one director approved it and said, yes, this is fine. And whether the other five or six didn't then want to say anything or thought they should automatically understand it or what it's a difficult thing but for me looking back now many years later I think there was a lack of honesty on their part to actually come forward and genuinely say I haven't got a clue what any of this means therefore I'm not actually going to approve it it was more I don't have a clue what any of this means but we'll approve it anyway and I think if there'd have been more challenge and more conversation up front, either the strategy might have got tempered slightly, might have got brought back a little bit because we were we were going quite bleeding edge at the time. We might have decided not to do everything in it, or we may have just had the right resources that were actually required on it and, and more people working on it. And so really you can't you can't underestimate how important having those conversations are and you can't be a senior director or a chief executive that just hears the good news being filtered up or is kind of at a distance from everything that's going on within your business you need to know what's happening you need to know what these gripes are and like these airlines you can you know they're massive companies thousands and thousands of staff how distance the chief executives from the actual people on the ground doing the work is huge but at the same time, they're the ones approving massive spend on IT systems and changes, and they don't understand what's happening. So again, just get into the habit of talking to your frontline staff, talking to your IT staff. What are the problems they're, they're coming across? Don't sit and wait for emails or spreadsheets or dashboards. Go and talk to people and have these. And obviously, the next section is, is some of the things you really need to talk about with them. So steps for discuss. Once you have considered the fact that you do not have enough conversations and do not set enough time aside, then you'll need to be considering what the conversations are that you should be having and with whom. Number one, discuss with your staff. First and foremost, you should be speaking to your staff. You should be finding out what elements of their role they struggle with and where the constraints are in allowing them to be more efficient. What you are aiming to achieve is to have enough information at your hands to sign off and approve a digital strategy that we will come on to and decide. You need to know what challenges the strategy is going to help you overcome and the only way to do that is to start internally. Does your sales team lack some basic data on customers that would help them sell? 
Does finance have too much of a reliance on spreadsheets still and rekeying information across multiple sheets? Does HR have a complete record of all your staff and their skill set that could help at peak times? Which processes take up too much time or, or are too inefficient? These are all things that we will be looking at improving with digital. There will always be gripes and issues that staff have with the systems that they use. There will also be positive aspects that they do like. It may not actually be systems that you use. Maybe they have tools that they use in their personal and social lives that they like and use a lot. Or maybe they prefer Facebook to Instagram. Find out why and what challenges they have between one or the other. You're trying to build a complete picture here to enable you to really drive forwards as a business. Which companies do your staff buy from and how do they enjoy the experience? Even home shopping, Asda, Tesco, Ocado, plus all the others. What do they find simple and what elements are annoying? You do not need to chat to every single person. You need to get a real feel for how your staff view the digital world. This will also give you a good indication of how much work you're going to have to do when potentially you move staff onto new systems or new ways of working. Number two, discuss with IT. You also need to speak to IT, whether this is an in-house team or you use a third party. Explain your aims and ask for their view on the current estate. What is hampering your ambition and what changes do they think you would need to make? You'll probably find out a lot about your current estate that you are not aware of. IT are a part of the solution, but they should not be leading on digital. Ensure that they take the time to explain the systems to you rather than using acronyms or technical terminology. Do not be afraid to say that you do not understand. They are the guardians of your current systems and will know more about your setup than anyone else. Use this as an opportunity to learn from them. At the same time, let them learn from you. Bring your relationship closer. On that one, really, there's, there's been a huge push, I think, for people to say, oh, IT need to understand the business better and IT need to get more involved. But at exactly the same time, you need to flip that on its head. The business need to start understanding IT. Part of the reason why I wrote this is, is for the business to get more involved in IT to understand it because it is so fundamental to what you do and what you're going to be doing in the future. And people who bury their heads in the sand are blinkered when it comes to technology. And obviously I wrote the book, I Don't Do Technology, was to shout a little bit about this, is that they're the people who are going to be hampering you from changing and moving forwards. And you really need IT, the business, both of them to be able to have proper conversations. What's the business strategy? What's the IT strategy? How do we blend them? Number three, discuss with your customers. As well as staff, the next most important group to speak to are your customers. Hopefully you already receive feedback from your customers on the products or services that you provide. Do you also ask them about each step of the process they went through to buy from you or to contact you in customer services? Most customer service surveys ask if you are satisfied with the answer or product, not if they found it easy to find help, would have liked an online service, whether they prefer to phone or how they felt buying from you. If you're going to work out how to delight your customers, then you need to be asking the right questions about their experience. Potentially, you could do this through a survey that you send out to them, but having a phone call or a face-to-face -face conversation will give you much more of an insight. People like conversations and like being asked their opinion on something. Your job is to facilitate these conversations and then listen to the feedback you are given. The size of your company is also irrelevant at this point. The local barber that I use has six staff. They now have a system where you book your hair appointment online. You can search for a time and which barber you wish to cut your hair. 
Once booked, you receive a text message confirming the booking and then a reminder of the booking nearer the time and on the day. It takes me seconds to flick through their diary and to find an appointment that suits me. The barbers themselves then have all their bookings on their computer in the shop and know exactly who is due when and for what cut. It's far away from the days of having to phone up and have a receptionist flick through a massive diary on the desk trying to find a slot for your favourite hairdresser and writing you in. Then they would give you a card with your appointment time and date on the back which you invariably lost. Then you had to phone back to get the receptionist to flick through the diary to find your booking. It is all about the efficiency of the service you provide. No more difficulty in booking appointments or turning up with no appointment and sitting and waiting to be served. It may not be for everyone. Some still may like to phone, but booking online is, is the more prevalent method and will only grow. My barbers still have some steps to take. They still need to be able to take payments online too, but I'm sure that will come. I'm always asked about the booking process during the cut too. They're constantly asking for feedback. So please get out there and speak to your customers. They're a huge asset for you. Ask them about the service you provide, not just the end product they receive. Even if you do this in groups of or one-to-one, -one, it does not matter. During this stage, you need to be all about information gathering and ensuring that there is a feedback loop in place to gather the information that will help your business. And again, recently I did a poll on LinkedIn that was about whether you subscribe to a text message alert system the night before your bin was due out. Interestingly, it was about a 60-40 split of yes they would and no they wouldn't. And bearing in mind most of my LinkedIn connections work in digital or IT. And of the no's, quite a lot of them said no because they wanted an app or they wanted a calendar or some other technical effort that was a bit bit harder. Missing the point that kind of like a text message is quick, simple, it's easy to ignore. You don't have to go into your phone, into your emails or anything. It's just very quick. Blue bin tomorrow, 6am. And for a lot of people, that's all they need. Interestingly, there was a lot of people on there saying, oh, text message or SMS is redundant. You should be doing it a different way. And at the same time, 60% of people are saying they'd actually sign up to it. And so the views of people within IT and people within digital isn't necessarily what's right or what people want. And this is why talking to your customers is so important. Because if I just went into a meeting and went, right, I'm thinking text message, we should do this. And all the IT team went, oh no, text message are redundant. No one's using them anymore. We'd have stopped and we'd have gone on and done something else. But actually there's a real need over here that from a base of about 900 people, 60% of them said yes, they wanted it. So again, those conversations are really important because what you think, what you like, what you enjoy, how you want to be notified, uh, how you want to be updated will not be how someone else wants it to happen. And so really have these conversations as much as possible. Discuss with friends and family. First colleagues and customers, and now we move on to friends and family. Yes, that's right. I'm going to make you speak to your family. Like your colleagues and customers, they will all use digital tools in everyday life. Find out which ones they like and why. Speak to the older generations of your family, but also the younger ones. You'll get such a varied mix of answers. My son is currently obsessed with Fortnite and TikTok. Last year it was Minecraft and YouTube. Next year it'll be something different. But even at 10, he shows me things that amaze me. An ex-colleague of mine recently posted on Facebook that his 20-month-old daughter has worked out how to screencast from the iPad to the television. That is incredible, but it shows just how much effort has gone into making the iPad 
very simplistic and intuitive to use. The next generation are growing up with these tools as normal everyday items. Include their views in your research. And obviously you don't have to talk to a 20 month old, but do talk to the younger generations. Similarly, the older generation will have their views. Some will like technology and be using it, some will not. Find out why and figure the differences. Think about how you can use this information in your business. Are you offering an experience that a toddler could use? Your friends, speak to them too. What do their businesses use? What do they like about your site, competitive sites and services? Although I'm quite anti the armchair digital experts who will tell you what software to use without understanding your need, asking friends for their experience and knowledge is fine. Just do not blindly go and buy the same tools they use just because they like them or their mate told them to buy it and he's really into computers. We are just information gathering here and broadening your knowledge. As you can see from this stage, it's all about gathering a background of information that you'll find beneficial as we go into the next stage of discover and then on to decide. It will also help you with both design and deliver as you'll have a much better understanding of the skill set of your colleagues. Number five. Discuss with your current providers. Finally, there is one last group of people that you need to have conversations with. This one crosses over slightly into Discover, but it's important to do this early on before you move too far into the next step. You may not want to speak to them, but please speak to either the reps for the software that you already have or experts in the industry that know your current tools. At this point, we're not looking at buying anything. You do need to know whether any of the tools you already own and use have additional functionality that you are unaware of that might be of use to you. Obviously take anything that the reps say with a pinch of salt. I'm yet to meet one of those systems that doesn't do everything or could do everything with a bit of development. Try and get them to stick to the facts of what it does today and any best practice information and, and advice they have. You might be able to avoid a project altogether. Summary. You should now have an absolute plethora of information available to you. You will need to have kept track of that information and made notes of people's opinions, views and advice. You will have a good understanding of issues across the business, what staff find simple or hard, what customers like or dislike with your business and what friends and family like. Some of it you may not want to hear, but you need the feedback, both good and bad, to enable you to take the business forward. Allow plenty of time for this stage and revisit it as often as you can. Understanding this from the outset will really help you to become efficient. We are now going to use that information as the basis for the next stage. And we'll halt it there, but such a simple chapter really, just saying, talk to people, find out gripes, moans, likes, dislikes, everything. Because the more you understand that as a director or chief exec, the easier it's going to be to go through the next stages. And when I'm teaching this as a course, you'll find that the dates that we do each of those stages are all a month apart. Because actually, once you've done the discuss element of the course, you actually need to go away and have those conversations, talk to people. Because when we then come back to do discover, it's all going to be back related to those conversations. Because you need it to be based on something. And you'll find that each of the steps will flow, will flow, will flow. And aside from that, when we even look at the business as a whole, when we're writing business cases and looking at investment, we're going to be able to link that back to the strategy. That's going to be linked back to kind of departmental goals and linked back to things that people find difficult within those departments that are hap that are hampering them from achieving it. So everything is related and why the conversations up front are so important. 
So next episode, we'll move on to chapter six and discover, and we'll start looking at the systems and technologies. And until then, speak to you soon. Goodbye.